Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. We will all make the world a better place by taking care of what is ours. What is unique to each of us is not about speaking up about every single thing that's going on in the world. Does that really make a difference? Or does you sitting with yourself and your beingness and being the change that you want to see, being embodied within yourself and your own integrity and your own values, that's what changes the world. Welcome to the Unwind Podcast, a podcast for you to relax, drift off and allow your mind to wander. I'm your host, Poppy Jamie, a best-selling author, entrepreneur and researcher on a mission to share information that will help you live happier, healthier and with more love, optimism and wisdom. This podcast features interviews with well-known guests and world-leading experts about what it truly means to be human and what we can do to become the very best versions of ourselves. On today's episode, I am speaking with one of my most treasured friends. Ambi has been in my life for nearly a decade now, and she came into my life when I needed someone like her the most. She taught me how to meditate. She was the first one to introduce me to the idea of manifesting, again, about a decade ago and her wisdom is something that I hold so dear I, it is so precious to me so this interview means a huge amount because she's one of the leading astrologists in the world she's an author and she's about to launch a very special project which I can't wait for her to tell us more about today but it's an honor and a privilege to have someone who has been a mentor and inspiration for so many years, and I can't wait to share her with you. Would you mind sharing a piece of writing that means a lot to you? I've been thinking about this a lot, so I'm going to share this very simple statement. It's a quote from Hamlet, Shakespeare, to thine own self be true. Short but sweet, but very, very powerful for these times that we're living in. And why did you choose that? It's a recurring theme in my life, and I think it's a recurring theme in everyone's life, if they're honest, that we change with different seasons of life. We change and we evolve. We have different chapters, whether it's a different age that we're going through or a specific astrological transit or a specific chapter of life, like getting married, having children, changing careers, et cetera, et cetera. And I think the common theme underpinning it all is the necessity for us to be true to ourselves and true to our evolving self is what I would add to that. And so it's something I've been thinking about a lot for the last few years because I became a mother and that was life-changing. It was the end of life as I knew it and the birth of my son was the rebirth of me. And then with all the crazy times that we've been living in collectively, both with the pandemic and all the astrological shifts and changes and the destruction and rebirth of everything as we know it that we're currently going through, I think that those words ring very true for all of us. And, you know, I'm somebody that's a teacher and a guide to many others, but I always say to people, I'm an eternal student. 
And I really have to walk the path myself. And I was reminded of that with great humility over the last few years when I had to tune into what wasn't working anymore, what didn't resonate, and actually what was my new truth as a new mother and a new being and in this new paradigm that we're all collectively making our way through. It is tricky to know when one should check in to truly realise that maybe the change has come to a bit more of a plateau. Because, you know, if you check in too much in a way, you almost kind of lose your sense of self because we're changing all the time. So how do you know when you'll do a life check-in to realise actually, where do I want to spend my time? Who do I want to be with? Has my new season started? I think there's two things that I would say are markers of when we need to ask ourselves those questions. Because I absolutely agree with you. I think we can do too much navel gazing and I don't think that's particularly helpful for anyone. But I think when there is a big life change, such as a triggering event. So for example, having a getting married is a triggering event, right? It's a huge life change. You're merging your life with somebody else or, you know, perhaps you're not getting married, but you're moving in with someone, you're buying a house with them, some kind of big commitment. I think that having a child is completely life-changing and especially for a woman, um, you know, as mothers, we we literally birth new life and that triggers an enormous change in every part of ourselves. The, the women that we thought we were die and a new woman is reborn. I think other things like harder things like, you know, experiencing a bereavement, somebody passing away that's significant and important in your life. Going through a big health challenge can be a triggering event. So these triggering events can be positive or they can be more negative, but ultimately they are asking us to stop, to stand in stillness and silence and to really see what is actually landing and what is actually right for this change that I'm going through. I think another important time which is a tougher one because I think it's one which people aren't quite aware of, is when you are plateauing slightly. So you're kind of, I guess that you're you're just breezing through, you know, you're kind of, you're in a job, you're doing whatever, and you're just going through the motions maybe. And maybe life is good, but maybe it's just, there's just not a lot happening, you know, and or you're in a relationship and it's fine, it's good, but you know, there's not that next level of, of sort of transformation occurring. And sometimes in those times where things are fine, but they're not perhaps pushing you, is when you actually need to check in and say, you know, is this relationship really right for me? Is this relationship really right for the next level and version of myself? Or is this career right? Fine, I'm doing well. I'm I'm making my way up the ladder, et cetera, et cetera. And, and I think those are interesting times where we do need to check in and ask ourselves, because I think that life is this constant journey between death and rebirth, ultimately. I think we're constantly transforming. I mean, we are the seasons of nature. We are nature. If we allow ourselves to be nature and to really live in alignment with nature, we would probably actually experience a much better flow in our lives. And therefore, we are constantly changing. And it is imperative, really, to understand those subtleties and to pick up on them and, and realize, okay, I'm going through this kind of nothing really major is going on, but actually there's a bigger thing that's trying to come through me, that's trying to transform me and trying to bring me to this new season or to this new place and chapter of life or to this new relationship. And then when these triggering events happen, I think we're so busy trying to catch our breath, like, oh my God, you know, I'm so busy with the wedding and oh, the new baby and, you know, this, that and the other, that we don't take a moment to say, well, hold on, who am I in this new chapter? That old me doesn't exist anymore. There's a new me that's trying to come through. So I think those are the two main ways that I look at change and that where I try to check in with myself, oh, something like a global pandemic happens. And then everyone is collectively being asked to check in and say, who am I in this new paradigm? Who am I at this time? 
what is your advice for us listening to maybe gracefully let go of where we've come from because you know there is that tension and friction where we're not ready to quite let go of those things that may have brought us comfort or those habits that may have brought us comfort or the people for whatever reason we want to hold on to the past like how do we move through like nature does so gracefully I mean I think you know you're so kind and flattering in your description of me but I don't know if you remember that decade ago I was going through that transition from lawyer to life coach to lawyer to healer and what I learned from that transformation and transition is let go or be dragged you know like truthfully we have such a human tendency to cling to this version of ourselves. I'm the loud one, or I'm the sociable one, or I'm the lawyer, or I'm the this, that, and the other, or I'm the, the single party, or whatever it is, this, these, these versions of self. And when this other version of self is trying to be born and trying to bud, and it's just budding, and it's really trying to like come through, and yet we cannot get our egos out of the way, essentially, and we cling to that old identity and that old version, we keep ourselves on an expired timeline. And when we keep ourselves on an expired timeline, that's when we run into friction. That's when we either stagnate, or we're just kind of like coasting along, but we're not really happy, or we, we feel just discombobulated and out of sync. So I think that Life will show you that you need to let go. Then it is really up to you to be brave and to say, and I think this is very important actually for everybody to hear for the for the next few years for what's coming for all of us, is you know, the longer you cling to an expired identity, the longer you procrastinate and delay what is ultimately your destiny. And I think that, that what we need to do, and this is what I've had to learn to do because I've had so many, you know, I'm in my mid 40s now, I've had so many different identities in this lifetime. And even now I have no, I have some inkling of it, but I, you know, there's other identities that are going to want to come through me. And I'm sure I will have to really go through this process again is ultimately it's all me, you know, and ultimately it's all you and it's all the person that's listening. It's all us. It's our soul, but our soul does not have a singular soul purpose, as in S-O-L. You know, our soul has multiple purposes in this lifetime. Our soul is constantly evolving. It's not just like, oh, you met your soulmate, you had a baby, tick, 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 you've done your soul purpose. Or, oh, you wrote a book or you became a doctor or you did this thing, tick, 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 you've achieved your soul purpose. No, there is still an evolution for the soul. There is still growth for the soul. There is still expansion for the soul. There are still soul lessons to experience and learn. But if we in our human bodies don't stop and pause to say, okay, you know, it's all me. So why do I need to get so het up and caught up with these identities and these outfits I'm wearing? And how can I just be, just be a bit lighter with it all, you know, have a little bit more levity with it all. Like, ha ha ha, you know, a friend, an old client of mine came out here and laughed at me and said, it's so funny, you're a gong player now, you know? And like, so I saw you, Ambie, the lawyer that would go on TV and would be in all these high profile cases. And I was able to finally laugh at that and and have levity about it because it is hilarious. And but you know, years ago when I met you, I was really struggling with that identity loss and that identity crisis. And I think for all of us, unless we accept that ultimately death, metaphorical death and destruction is ultimately the first part of creation, if we cannot accept that, we're just going to fight against the natural rhythms of life and the natural evolution of our soul. And when we're fighting against the natural rhythms of life and the natural evolution of our soul, we're fighting against the process of life itself. And what's the point of that? You know, we're in this human body for a finite period of time. Let's just be here and show up for it. Like I have no 
tags for myself anymore or identities or boxes. Yes, in, I'm giving, you know, you're going to describe me as one way and someone else is going to describe me as one way. At the end of the day, it's all me. It's all ambient. Whoever I evolve into next is whatever that title is going to be, you know, but it's still me. So my advice to people is let go or be dragged. And no one wants to be dragged. It's painful. Do you believe then, with an understanding of destiny, that we have the capacity to carve out specific futures that we want to plan to the nth degree? Do you think we even have the ability to do that? And, you know, the saying goes, God laughs at our plans. I definitely think God laughs at our plans. We make plans and God laughs. I definitely think that. I also think that in recent years, you know, since you and I met, manifesting has become so much more of this thing and people have become quite hell-bent on it. And, you know, it's become very commercialized and mainstream. And I think that it's absolutely possible to manifest these micro details of our lives and our existences. I do believe that's possible. However, a much bigger question for me is, is that manifestation necessarily in your soul's best interest anyway? Because there's people, listen, anyone can manifest, okay? Anyone can manifest. It's not this big thing that people are acting like it's it's this new phenomenon. Anyone can manifest and receive things in their lives. And a lot of the time, the people that I see who are not manifesting what it is that they desire, who think, gosh, there's something wrong with me. Why can't I get this relationship that I want? Or why am I not having a baby right now? Why is this one particular career that I'm trying to make it and not working out for me? I often sit with those people because some of them are my clients. I sit with them and I say, you know, you're not being punished. You're being pushed. You're not being rejected. You're being redirected. You're being pushed in this other direction because actually the things we want to manifest in our lives are not necessarily what our higher selves wants for us. And it's not necessarily what God wants for us or what the divine wants for us. I mean, one of my big focuses on my life right now is to merge my will with divine will. You know, it's not just about what I might think is right for me, what I might think in an egotistical sense is the right thing for me, for my family, where I want to live, what I want to be doing, et cetera, et cetera. It's about what is truly right on a sort of more divine level. And there is a part of me that is connected to the divine. There's a part of every single person listening that is connected to the divine. There is, whether you believe in God or not, there is a higher power and a higher system of of order in the universe. And I think when you can merge those two things, you get led. It's beyond manifesting. I mean, some of the things I've received in my life are beyond anything I could possibly have comprehended and are better, right, than anything that I could have tried to manifest or receive in my life. And so, yes, you know, I do think that taking control of your life and, and going on this manifesting journey is is not I'm not saying it's a terrible thing by any means but I think that a little bit of humility having humility for the process of life having humility that we our human selves don't know it all and you know I sit here having had multiple career changes being in my mid-40s and I have no there's no way I would even turn around to you and say I, I know everything that's right for me or not right for me that would be lying and it would be really arrogant to say that right but I, I do my best to try and tune in and I just, you know, sometimes when things go wrong, I'm like, oh, maybe it's all going right. How have you managed the tough times? I learned to just sit in it. I think that, you know, some of the things that we are very uncomfortable with as a society and especially in the mainstream wellness industry is that we've got to be feeling good all of the time. I don't think that that is correct. I don't think that life necessarily has to be perfect or super happy. Even when we achieve these things that are 
tick off the box things. Oh, you know, well, you've got this, that and the other. So you must be, always be happy and you must always be going, prancing around and singing and dancing and this, that and the other, right? I think having an acceptance for, again, the seasons of nature. What is it like in winter when it's bleak and when it's dark outside? There's hardly any light and the landscape is is bleak, frankly. You know, there's no fruit on the trees. There's no, there's no beautiful leaves covering things. Everything looks like it's dead and dormant. How can we sit in that dormancy? How can we sit in that bleakness knowing that spring will come again? And just that beingness. I think so much of what people do, which is mistaken and perhaps with good intention, is to try and just always, again, you know, feel their way out of it. I, I don't want to feel bad, so I'm going to do everything I can to not feel bad. Well, if you allow a negative feeling to, if you just sit with it and you just feel it, it moves through your body. Obviously, look, we don't want to be sitting there 24 7 feeling terrible. And for some people, it's a chemical thing and they might need other assistance, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, it could be a chemical imbalance or whatever. But I think that when I was having a really, really, really hard time and things were really bleak for me on a number of different levels in a way that I didn't expect for it to be in my mid 30s, again, humility was the thing for me. It was just like, I am being humbled right now. And the process of life is humbling me. And this is not what I think I deserve, but it's what I'm getting. And there's a bigger picture and bigger reason for this. And I'm going to try and grab the tiny little glimpses of light that I can. So for me, meditating with you, showing you how to meditate, that was you know, it filled me up for a day. Spending a couple of hours with you would fill me up for a day. Going on a hike with a friend a couple of days later, that would fill me up. Those were my tiny little slivers of light at that time. And, you know, now I sit in a season where I've had a perennial summer for a while and that's been great too. But I look back at those times with great reverence and actually with kind of a fondness for the hard times because I think that that's what makes, gives you character. That's what forms you. And I just try and tell people like, listen, I know I think there's that famous saying that goes around all over the place of be kind because you just never know what anyone's going through. And I think that that's so true. You really don't know what people are going through. And so just be kind and look for the little little slivers of light. Yeah, it reminds me of how diamonds are formed. This idea that Absolutely. the beauty is from the pressure and the unique pressures that all of us are given in different ways. So I'm dying to ask you about the astrology for this year. Now, I... I'm very specific on who I get astrology advice from. And Ambi is one of my extremely revered astrologists who I trust enormously. And maybe before we go into like the, your kind of overview of the astrological year 2023 and how we should be thinking about this year from an astrological perspective, for anyone who is just, I can't get on board with astrology, this sounds completely woo-woo, how do you understand astrology from being a lawyer? You know, you have trained your brain to be cross T's dot I's and obviously now you're astrologer. I mean, it couldn't be more polar opposite careers. So for the naysayers, how do you explain astrology? And then I'd love to hear your thoughts for this year. Yeah, well, you know, I was always interested in astrology, but I was also skeptical because you said I was, you know, trained as a lawyer and so very much looking at evidence and facts and this, that and the other. When I got really, really into astrology over a decade ago, I started to realize that what was happening currently in my life was reflected in the charts, in, in the transits. And so then I thought, okay, well, fine, maybe you're finding, you know, I have a very um, logical brother who is one of my best friends and he sort of said, well, you're just, you're just finding evidence for what you want to believe. That's what people do, right? Well, I said, okay, fine. So I went back in my chart 
I went back about 15 years and I went back and I saw the patterns in my chart relating to periods of time where significant things were happening that were matching up with those patterns. And I thought, hold on a minute. I've now got evidence. And so for me, yes, I am, I'm quite evidence-based. And with astrology, by going backwards and using myself as an example, and then I went on and did it with family members and best friends and other people. And then I started doing readings for people like yourself. And I started to see the evidence before me. But I was I was my first client and that's how I proved it to myself. I went back and went, all right, well, in 1995, I didn't know anything about this, that and the other, but this was happening and that was happening. And look at what was going on in my chart. It completely matches up. And that's what made me realize. And I also looked at you know, bigger themes of what was going on in the world at large. And I realized there's patterns here and patterns. And there is evidence in what's happening in the external world that matches up with what was going on in the cosmos, going as above, so below. So that was what proved it for me. But, you know, the skeptics are going to be the skeptics. And I would just say to them, and I've had some skeptical clients, by the way, I think you know a couple of them, a couple of the guys, the guys tend to be more skeptical than than the girls. <laughs> um, and, you know, it's still always lined up. So they just kind of go, mm, whatever, I just still like being coached by you. <laughs> and they don't realize I'm actually using astrology to coach them. So that's so funny. Okay, so 2023, what's happening? All right, this is a big year. I mean, we have the move of Pluto into Aquarius this year, and that is very, very, very significant. The arrival of Pluto in Aquarius, which ends a 24-year period of Pluto being in Capricorn, is a huge ending and a huge beginning. So this year, Pluto will only sort of hover around in the first couple of degrees of Aquarius and will actually go retrograde back into Capricorn. But we are, this is enormous because the last time Pluto was in Aquarius, it was the French Revolution. It was after the American Revolution. So it was, there's just a lot of big changes that are going to take place. If you think that Capricorn is the top of the mountain, it's success, it's structures, it's the bigwigs, it's things like all those big institutions that have status in in life. So the monarchy, governments, big organizations, corporations, I mean, late stage capitalism comes within, within Capricorn, right? All of those things. And then you look at Aquarius and Aquarius is about the people. Aquarius is not me, it's we. It's about the people. It's about humanity as a whole. Aquarius is also about technology and technological advancements and acts of genius. I mean, vaccines were invented, you know, last time Pluto was in Aquarius. So, so these are all themes that are going to come up. But when I look at what's been going on, you know, since 2020 and the Pluto-Saturn conjunction in Capricorn, looking at the pandemic, looking at all the kind of transformation that we were going through, looking at the fact that we've had Uranus and Taurus, who's still continuing to be in there, shaking up our financial system and, you know, creating a revolution there. I feel that in March this year, it's like the end of shadowy Capricorns in the world. And so what I mean by that is if you're a Capricorn listening, this is not the end of you. You know, I don't want anyone to be sort of freaked out by this, but I think that every single sign of the zodiac has light and shadow. And the shadow of Capricorn is the stranglehold of late stage capitalism. It's the stranglehold of institutions that we've outgrown that don't actually serve a, a purpose in modern day society necessarily. And I think we're already seeing it across the world of we are going through economic turmoil at the moment. Some people say we're in a recession, we're going into recession, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, there's no denying that there's an economic downturn slash recession. And I think whenever you have recessions, whenever you have economic downturns, you have 
more revolts in the world, right? More people are sort of going, hold on a minute, this is ridiculous. This person is being taxed this, and yet these people don't have enough money to put food on their table or to pay for fuel or to heat their homes. And so I think we're going to see a lot more demonstrations. I think people have had enough with some some of the powers that be, because not all institutions and not all traditional things, which Capricorn represents tradition as well. I'm not saying like all of that needs to be wiped, but I think those that don't serve the common good need to basically evolve or to be removed in some kind of way. And they will be. So you're going to see people who we've always held and revered as being powerful and as being sort of up there as leaders in society are going to topple. Literally, they're going to topple. They're going to fall off those pedestals. Those pedestals are going to get destroyed and we're going to see a very different balance in power. And I I don't think that that's necessarily a bad thing. It's interesting that it happens just days after the spring equinox that Pluto moves into Aquarius. Also in March, we have Saturn moving into Pisces. So Saturn's finally moving out of Aquarius where he's been for the last three years, moving into Pisces. And I think organized religion as we know it, all different types of organized religion are going to go through a difficult journey over the next three years with Saturn going through Pisces, because Pisces again rules, you know, faith, spirituality, religion. And I believe that, you know, specifically certain religions over others are going to have a very difficult time over the next few years. And again, this is about the evolution of humanity and how religion, and I'm not saying that religion doesn't have a place in modern day society at all. I, I actually believe in God and, you know, all this, that, and the other. But I'm just saying that. I think there's going to be a lot of questions about religion in modern day society and its role in society and the the relationship between government and religion. And for example, in the US, you know, arguably religious beliefs and the Supreme Court and, you know, decisions that are made that affect everybody that might be skewed in some way because of religious beliefs um, and what role that really has in our modern day society. So I think it's going to be a really interesting year. Um, I think it's going to be a challenging year. We're also seeing the nodes, the lunar nodes and the eclipses move slowly this year from Taurus and Scorpio into Aries and Libra. And that's going to be another very interesting shift that's going to take place. It just starts this year with a couple of eclipses in Aries and Libra, because that is very much about the self. It's me versus we, right? So it's like the north node is in Aries, is going to be moving into Aries, and the south node is in Libra. And so the south node is kind of what was, what we're used to, what's come, and the north node is what we're pushing to. And so in this whole process, again, my quote, that, that not my quote, the Hamlet quote, Polonius's words in Hamlet, to thine own self be true. A lot of people, I think, are going to walk away from relationships this year, from certain partnerships, whether those are professional, whether those are uh, platonic in some kind of a way, because they're being true to themselves and their own identity. And they're seeing that that particular union doesn't work for their truth, for who they really are and the direction that they, in the season that they're moving into in life. And I'm not saying that this is going to be mass breakups across the board, but I think we will see quite a few shifts. If your relationship's right, and if you're able to be yourself in your relationship, then your relationship is going to last, right? But if it isn't, then I think we're going to be seeing some shock breakups. Interesting. So it sounds like this year is a real call to us truly facing our authentic selves and stepping into our authentic selves. And aligning our values, you know, Uranus is in Taurus and that's caused absolute havoc for the financial system and for currencies. And we're seeing things like all these sort of um, cryptocurrencies and also all the, the drama around them as well. And 
making mistakes that we've all made previously with the stock market. And I think even with that, it's sort of, you know, Uranus and Taurus is shaking up our values. Or what are our values? You know, if you're out of alignment with your values and how you're making your money, you will be discombobulated and you will feel off. There's a lot of people who make money, but that doesn't mean that they're making money in a good, healthy way that ultimately serves the common good as well, right? Or that is in real alignment with their values. And I think that there's people are being really pushed. Like it's like if somebody was getting paid very handsomely to do a certain type of career, but they'd outgrown it, they'd outgrown that version of self, and they're moving into this new version of self. And then if they don't move into that new version of self and don't honor that and they're out of integrity, then they're going to have a difficult time. So I think that that's. It just keeps coming back to being true to who each of us are now, not who we were even six months ago, not who we were last year, not who we think we should be right now, but who we really are right now. And that involves getting quiet and listening. And it also involves looking outside at the world and the massive problems that we do face you know, globally and that we're all kind of trying to navigate and understanding what part each of us plays in that within our own consciousness. you know. And so I think that that's another really interesting thing for all of us to look at, like look outside of the world. And none of us are here to solve everything, by the way. I just want to take that off people's shoulders. I think that, you know, we all have a unique role of, again, something unique that's meant to come through us that brings light to the world, that connects us to our sole purpose. And there's always something for us to clean up within ourselves, within our kind of more shadowy elements that actually shines more light into the world. So if somebody is a really jealous person, for example, and they really clear that up and they really realize like, oh, ultimately it's because I want, I have desire and my desires are unfulfilled. And so I'm projecting it as jealousy or hatred or whatever it is or competitiveness. And when they clear that up within themselves and sit with that and own that and integrate that, that puts light into the world without them having to go and shout out about how they're being so woke or, you know, doing this, that or the other. That brings light into the world. And that also frees that person up to live in their true purpose without all that shadow sort of keeping them small. You mentioned that Jupiter is in Taurus and touching mm-hmm. on the US Chiron return. Yes. Jupiter, from what I understand, is, is quite kind of abundant. It's powerful. We love Jupiter energy. How does that manifest in personal life? Well, Jupiter and Taurus is going to be interesting because I think it's the saving grace with the economy, to be honest with you. I think Jupiter goes into Taurus uh, mid-May 2023 and will be there for a year. And Next year, Jupiter and Uranus are going to conjunct in Taurus on, I believe, April 21st, 2024. I'm eagerly awaiting that date because it's the date of my Jupiter return as well. <laughs> um, so I'm looking forward to that. And Jupiter is the gift giver, right? He He's an expander and he brings abundance. He brings miracles. He brings healing. So his move into Taurus might actually be quite helpful for the economy and for financial systems. The Jupiter-Uranus conjunction next April is going to see people go from rags to riches or you know literally that's going to be i mean if you think on a very simplistic level that jupiter is abundance and uranus is freedom it's just like yeah that's going to be huge i mean economically what might happen at that time will be very interesting um again this is not going to play out for every single person because everyone's on their own journey and it plays out in everyone's charts differently but i think across the board jupiter's move into taurus is going to be a good thing for the economy you mentioned chiron and the usa's uh chiron return which is very interesting because obviously the USA had their Pluto return last year and now they're having their Chiron return. So America is being battered by the astrology at this at the moment. And you can see that in 
what's happening in America, but also globally, what's happening in terms of America's position in the world at large. And this is just a process that this country really has to go through because it's actually a very young country. It's going through a death and rebirth. You're seeing it playing out on the political system as being very sort of black and white with just two sides to it. But I think it's actually much deeper and goes very deep into the infrastructure of the country itself, the foundations of the country itself. And I don't know exactly how it's going to play out, but it almost feels like there's going to be two different Americas, you know, in in years to come. Oh, and I had to mention one other thing, which is Venus goes retrograde this year in Leo, which is also going to be very interesting this summer. Oh, what month? I think it's July. Does that mean that we shouldn't like change our hair, do any beauty appointments and stuff like that? Well, it's funny. Whenever Venus goes retrograde, you know, I have clients who I haven't heard from in ages going, oh my God, I have Venus going retrograde. What should I do? And I sort of relax, first of all. Um, <laughs> you know, generally... <laughs> <laughs> Generally speaking, when Venus goes retrograde, it's not seen as the best time to necessarily start a relationship. When any planet's in retrograde motion, especially for something like Venus or Mercury or Mars that are closer to Earth, the idea is, is that it's not flowing in the way that it normally flows, the energetic, the energies of the planet, and therefore things aren't always what they seem. So for example, Mercury's retrograde, three weeks after it ends, it's retrograde and the shadow period is over, you realise, oh, I shouldn't have perhaps signed that thing or I didn't really want that. Or I had an argument with someone, I didn't really want to have that argument. When Venus is retrograde, I see a few different big themes happening. One, someone makes breaks up with somebody and it was a mistake. Then a few weeks later, you know, months later or whatever, they reconcile. The second is X is coming back. You know, it's very much the time of sort of, oh, you know, everyone thinking longingly of their exes and reuniting and reconciling. And as to whether or not the reconciliation is should be long term, you need to let the retrograde play itself out. And so people often reunite at that time, a flame, a spark is rekindled. And then it's like, oh, that wasn't meant to be. Actually, that just had to go back in order to move forward. So that, that, that also happens. Um, in terms of new relationships, I've had clients who have started something new and Venus has been retrograde. And I just said to them, look, just chill out and let's just wait and see. You're very early on in this new thing. Let's give it a few months. And if it's still real in a few months time, then it's real. You know, you don't really need to worry about it. I don't tend to recommend marrying during when Venus is retrograde. Oh, oh dear. Summer weddings. Oh dear. Summer weddings. <laughs> but, but what... <laughs> But what I would also say to people, it's what you do. You know, I've had people who've got married during Venus retrograde, but they've done their legal ceremony a month before, or they've done something afterwards in order to kind of just make it go, let's just just keep this completely balanced. It's what's within your consciousness. In terms of image changes, I do recommend steering away from any big dramatic changes to your image uh, during Venus retrograde, like maybe not kind of bleaching your eyebrows blonde um, unless that's your thing and then that's fine it's definitely anyone that does um, alternative stuff to their faces might not be the best time to get that bit of filler in or that Botox because it might go horribly wrong. Venus retrograde in Leo is going to be interesting because Leo is the sign of courtship. Leo is the sign of love and romance and passion and it rules the fifth house so it's very much about passion and courtship and all of those fun, passionate things. And so that will be an interesting retrograde, especially because the nodes are moving into the Aries Libra axis so that all the stuff is coming up about relationships. And again, when you look at it from sort of a wider lens and you see that we're all going through this huge transformation, of course people are going to break up because if you're with the wrong person, then, you know, you can't fulfill your destiny. Exactly. You're being <sighs> divinely led. I love that, Andy. So what sort of questions should we be asking ourselves in light of what is happening with the planets this year? What sort of questions can we be reflecting on to ensure we are having the right consciousness given the planetary movements? 
do I really want to be doing what I'm doing? Does it really feel aligned with my truth? I think a big one that I'd say to people, and I know this is a tough one to share because I know that lots of different people are having a difficult time with the economy and this, that and the other. But I say this as someone who was certainly not born with a silver spoon in my mouth and has had times of great abundance and times of great poverty, frankly, um, is if money wasn't an issue, what would I do with my time? What would I do with my time and my energy? How would I spend my time and my energy? Because so many people are ruled by lack consciousness and I need money and you know the, the economy is going bad and all this that and the other and it's like well there is a truth that is inside each of us at the moment there is a purpose that is inside each of us at the moment there is an evolution and a growth and an expansion for our soul that is there and if we ask these tough questions of am I, am I really doing what I want to do am I really in the right relationship really difficult question to ask you know am I really living in the right place for me am I living here because I think it's cool and because I think I should be or do I really want to be here what would I do and how would I spend my time if I wasn't constantly being governed by the fear around money? I'm not saying money is a bad thing itself. It's just the energy that we've created around it. Am I in the right relationship? You know, what is it that I really want? If I didn't let fear govern me, what is it that I really want? I think that's a really big one because too many of us let fear govern us rather than let love govern us. And when, you know, love consciousness governing you is just about being true to yourself and being true to the season that you're in. So those are kind of some of the tough questions that I would have people ask themselves. And also, you know, I think that over the last few years, it's been very popularized and polarizing that you have to take a side with certain situations, whether it's political, whether it's health related, or, you know, if you're not seen to be speaking up about this thing or that thing, then it means you're a bad person. And so many of us, myself included, jumped on the bandwagon of saying, I have to talk about this or that and the other. And it's not that I don't care about those things, but we're doing it from a forced sense, right? Rather than doing it because of what's really in our hearts. And what I mean, this is an interesting one, but we will all make the world a better place by taking care of what is ours. What is unique to each of us is not about speaking up about every single thing that's going on in the world. Does that really make a difference? Or does you sitting with yourself and your beingness and being the change that you want to see, being embodied within yourself in your own integrity and your own values, that's what changes the world. And when you in that state go and do whatever for a cause that you care about that's going to make the world a better, safer, healthier, cleaner place for all beings, you're going to bring that light into that project and you are going to make a change in the world. Well, I, I quite want to burst into tears, to be honest. <laughs> that was so beautiful, so well said and just, yeah, so much to reflect on and thank you so much for your time and wisdom and it's fascinating some of the astrological changes this year. I think this is all kind of invited us to really think about some of those questions that you shared. What's the best way for people to get a hold of you and how can people get involved in your new project? And I would love for you to share more about that. Well, um, my website is the easiest way, um, www.alchemywithambi.com. I will be back on Instagram at some point at alchemyambi. I won't be posting as much on there, but um, my website's the best way. Sign up for my newsletter for like a little private podcast and meditations I send out now and then. And, you know, one of the biggest things that I've been working on is this alchemic intersection of astrology, energy work, and sound healing, because I'm a sound healing artist, and that's what I do. And this, these albums that I'm bringing out are basically based on 
specific frequencies. So the first one's Saturn Salve, next one's going to be with Pluto and the next one's with Jupiter. And I'm working through the entire planetary configuration to provide these alchemic, unique offerings that will help people to tap into the vibrational frequency of these planets and the consciousness with some of my podcasts that will accompany it to work with the energies in a way that is on a on a vibrational level and on a consciousness level rather than kind of going oh my god Saturn's going into you know Pisces or Pluto's going to Aquarius I need to be fearful of this it's like work with the energy on a vibrational level through your mindset and you will attune yourself like a tuning fork to that energy to the light of that energy and I'm very it's an album I've been recording because my first one's releasing and hopefully in March so I really look forward to sharing that with everyone so the best way would be to sign up to a newsletter to kind yes. of hear when that drops yes um, exactly that would be fantastic yeah I will put a link to Ambie's website in the show notes so everybody can um, check that out. Her newsletter is absolutely fantastic. I received so many newsletters and yours is the only one I actually read. So Ambie, this just leaves me to say thank you so much for joining us today and I cannot wait. Hopefully you'll join us back on this show again uh, this year to have an update. Oh, it's been an absolute pleasure, Pop. So thank you so much for having me and I look forward to it at any time. Thank you so much for listening. And if you enjoyed today, please hit subscribe and leave a comment because this helps the podcast so much. I'd be endlessly grateful if you wouldn't mind doing so. My mental health book, Happy Not Perfect, is available to order now. The book teaches you how to be a flexible thinker, a skill that helps you navigate any challenge that might come your way, helps you manage emotions and helps you thrive to be the bendiest version of yourself. Until next time, I love hearing from you. So do shoot me a message on Instagram. Send me a DM with any of your thoughts. Stay safe and well. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up Quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's Quince.com slash upgrade.